Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Podcast. The podcast where we take a certain genre, a director, an actor, or whatever we want from the silver screen, and we talk about the best example, the worst example, and the ugly example. I'm Micah. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And sometimes we talk about those examples twice. Yes, like to... (laughs) And twice, too, is our theme for this one because... Two-year anniversary. Pop the cork on the champagne. Well, we should have been doing two all along this whole thing. You know, like a too fast, too furious. We are late on that one, guys. But yes, we have been doing this for two years now. This is episode 40. And we're late on this episode, too, because our anniversary is in August. Yeah, but, you know, it's a leap Things year. Happen. It's a leap year. Yeah. Charles that's, has a baby now. Charles has a baby. That's, what, that's what's throwing us all Yes, off. it is. It's actually true. Yeah. So <laughs> happy two year anniversary, guys. Yes. Cheers. Happy Cheers. two year anniversary. So the way that we did this episode last year, we basically looked, did a uh, revisited a bunch of our older movies and um, uh, we decided on our best of the year, or worst of the year. So we wanted to do something a little different. So we put out a Twitter poll and said, put it out to the fans and said, hey, for our longtime listeners, which you know who you are, some of you actually have been guests. Thank you so much for listening. For our new listeners, you know, go back and listen to some of our other ones. We'll apologize in advance for some of the crazy, weird things that we say or tangents that we go on. But we put it out to the fans and we said, which episode do you want to hear again? Which genre did you like? Which episode? And the winner, Charles and Kelly, you want to tell them what the winner was? Yes, it was Dark Comedies. So we're going to revisit Dark Comedies with all new picks that Micah was not a part of because he picked the original one. I picked the original one, and the original ones that I picked, my best pick was Dr. Strangelove. Uh, The bad pick was um, Burn After Reading, and my ugly pick was Dead Man on Campus. So we couldn't have those movies, and also I do have some runners-up that I want to bring up sometime. But I couldn't use those. I was not part of this picking at all. But you did tell us that out of the three, none of them were your runners up. So <laughs> were ours even in thought when you were initially picking your list? Did any of the movies we picked come up at all? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, one of them. And then there's another one that is related to one of your picks. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Okay, so what's our, what's the oldest one? Uh, would that be... Th- uh, throw mama from the train yes mm-hmm. okay throw so mama what year is that 87 um yes so okay um who wants to do you do you want to read the synopsis who wants to read the synopsis for that yeah, one? i've got it up right okay, here so i'll go ahead and read the synopsis a bitter ex-husband and a put upon mama boy mama's boy both want their respective spouse and mother dead but who will pull it off doesn't stars. that sound like an amazing comedy? Like just that description alone. <laughs> I know. It stars Dan, <laughs> stars Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal as Owen and Larry, and also Mama is Anne Ramsey, which you might remember her from The Goonies. And Danny DeVito directed this one. Yes, Danny DeVito directed. He did not write it, but he did direct it. So, what is it, guys? What do you think it is for us? I'm gonna say, uh, out of all these. You're bad. What do you, do you like it? No, no. I mean, after watching it, it doesn't. I remember watching it when I was younger, and it does not hold up 
for me, so I'm going to go bad. It is our bad. Yep. And, th- and, and here's the thing. So I kind of had the same feelings you did. There was kind of a warm, fuzzy, rose-tinted view of it. Like, I remember it, you know, being a good movie in the 80s or whatever. Um, and I also, if you look at it, it was a popular film. It was nominated for Academy Awards. What? The, um, the mother was nominated for supporting actress. Oh my god! Like, look it up. Right. I think it was. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I, I, and, I don't believe what I'm so, seeing. So I'm sitting here. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, I remember it being good. It's got a Academy Award. I think it has good Rotten Tomato. I'm like, there's no way this is a bad movie. So I'm like, I'm actually talking to Kelly. I'm like, let's rewatch it. This potentially could be our good pick. And so <laughs> I rewatched it. And at first, I was like. Oh, it's a take on Strangers on a Train. I didn't realize that in the 80s when I watched it as a kid. I'm like, okay, it's Strangers on a Train, kind of a comedic version of that. That's okay. That's interesting. And then it just sucks from that point on. Like, <laughs> and so when I first texted Kelly, we're like, oh, Kelly, this is a good movie. I'm glad. And then I'm like, no, maybe this should be our ugly pick, Kelly. It's getting bad. And then I'm like, no, this is crap, Kelly. <laughs> and that's kind of how it went. It was like this weird like hour and a half where I, was just, I went from like good to bad. I went the whole gamut on our podcast. With this one movie. Yes. Part of the problem I have with this movie is that Billy Crystal is one of the greatest comedic actors. This guy is fantastic. I love Billy Crystal. In this movie, he's playing the straight man. Mm-hmm. And so it's like his comedic talent is, I think, wasted. He's playing a, he's kind of playing a jerk. And I just didn't like him in that role. Um, Danny DeVito is just playing a creepy guy. That's insane. Um, I I didn't really find the humor in this movie. It it really felt just like a knockoff of Strangers on a Train rather than like a comedic homage to it. So I don't know. That that's my take on it. Kelly, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think there was so much potential there when you when you hear the concept of it, like, oh, it's it's an homage or a reference or a remake, even uh, not a remake, really. But yeah, you get the point of Strangers on a Train. I love Strangers on a Train. I love Hitchcock. I I mean, I was intrigued to say the least by it, but um, yeah, it just really falls flat. the 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 humor with the mom is a little bit awkward to me, and so is Danny DeVito's whole character. I mean, they really amp up his sort of just awkward creepiness and yeah I would agree Billy Crystal it's weird seeing him as a straight man I mean he he didn't even have that many sly kind of Steve Martin as the straight straight man kind of comic moments you know what I mean like even when Steve Martin was a straight man even though he's obviously a funny actor they gave him a little bit of you know a few funny lines but Billy he, it was just a weird movie I, I didn't really I didn't, it didn't work for me and I think the ending is really bad I mean when you know literally it's on the train which really felt forced um and then it's like oh danny devito's written a children's book and it's like and they're just laughing it's and then it does the typical 80s comedy ending they're all happy on a beach yeah with with like caribbean calypso music playing that's that's the typical (laughs) 80s comedy ending so bad yeah so bad yeah, and even Billy, and, the, the 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 students in Billy Crystal's class, he's a he's a teacher. His students are weird. I, I don't know that one creepy guy that's write, written that book about who he wants to have sex with. It's like, and he actually yeah. has the book published. Yeah, it's, yeah. And they revisit that joke later on. Like it's like, oh, it's not funny. And it it just feels like a weird turn of events for for Danny DeVito to suddenly be overwhelmed with 
love for his mom and decide not to kill her once they're literally about to push her off the train. I mean, kind of, that's kind of a spoiler, I guess. But it's like he spent this whole movie fantasizing about how he wants to kill her or have her be killed. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait, no, don't. I, d- I did I- love the, the, the cinematography of it, even for that scene, though. Um, I think there were some interesting shots. There were some interesting angles used. Um, it, you almost felt like uncomfortably close all the time like they would use some really really off kilter shots the only part i really laughed at and this is a goofy part and i remember laughing when i was younger too is when he's calling him and saying the phone i can't talk long the phone might be traced let me call you back and then (laughs) a few seconds later he's at a different phone booth in a different location i like that and also i like in there he goes okay i can't say too much over the phone but i just killed your wife I like that that scene. I like how they did it. It's very goofy, very uh, off the wall, but that's the only scene that I was like, this is kind of fun. That's it. And I'm I'm still flabbergasted that that Anne Anne Ramsey got a Oscar nomination (laughs) for this. All she did was just walk around and yell. I mean, she had, there wasn't, there was nothing to her performance other than just, being cranky. So this could have fallen under hag horror, right? I mean, technically, in some way. <laughs> well, she wasn't really... Was she a formerly glamorous glamorous star that I she just don't formerly, know about? Well, she was because of uh, Goonies, right? I mean, so... She was not glamorous in Goonies. Well, okay, but okay, okay. Well, okay, did this woman have an illustrious career? Yes, she, she worked with Marilyn Monroe. She was in Some Like It Hot. <laughs> okay. She was in the background. Uh, it, something else that really, really bothered me about this whole movie was uh, Billy Crystal, his, his character uh, Larry, and the love interest Beth made no sense. And it, it's the typical Billy Crystal woman. Basically, she has no self pride or self worth, and she settles for Billy Crystal. It it, it just oh <laughs> no, no. well it no and I'm not not Billy Crystal but his character because he's a horrible guy and he's talking about how much he hates his ex wife and he's going I know I was late but I was really mad at my ex wife can you give me another chance and she goes okay fine I'll sleep with you and hey while we're in bed let's make make a children's train book erotic it was. <laughs> You know which scene oh, I'm talking about? I do. About? Well, yeah, and it's also the scene. I forgot she's going, about Ooh, that. Chew, oh my god. Ooh, then... But that's like the scene with well, the scene with Danny DeVito where they're in the they're in like the train thing and like he's like in another thing watching them. Oh, it, that was weird. Beth, who has a fetish for trains, it was just a very That's an interesting twist on it though, because of the whole throw mama from the train. So maybe there's also, a like a Freudian thing going on there. I know this is another like, you know, sexy scene, but um but it wasn't it's like when Danny DeVito's in uh, his ex-wife's house and he's hiding Billy behind Crystal's the couch. Billy Crystal's ex-wife. Yeah, Billy Crystal's ex-wife's house. Her name is Margaret in Hawaii, and she's making out with the um, gardener or pool boy or whatever. And he keeps—he doesn't say anything. He just keeps barking. <laughs> the, oh, that was so awkward. Oh, that is very. I'm so glad you said awkward. that. That's it was uh, very very awkward. It's the lady that uh, was on Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it uh, took me a long time to figure that out. Uh, she's also uh, in Kate uh, Mulgrew. Yeah, she's also she plays Red in uh, Orange Is the New Black as well. So. <gasps> Whoa! I'm just now realizing that. Man, That's you crazy. just heard Whoa. Kelly's mind blown in real time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I don't think this movie deserves us to talk about it anymore. Wow, is putting it down. 
In other words, yeah. shut oh, up, actually, Kelly. Shut up, you know, Charles. Since we're talking about no, since we're talking about bad picks, this is a perfect time to say what my runner-up bad pick was because it relates to this one. Okay. Death to Smoochie. See, oh, see. Oh yeah. This is and actually, here's that. the here's the funny thing. While I was watching this, I didn't know that it was directed by Danny DeVito. So while I was watching it, there were certain shots and everything. Yes. I, I turned to my wife and I said, "This reminds me so much of Death to Smoochie." And then I went on IMDb. Directed by Danny DeVito, both the directors. Exactly. And it's it's a very, very, very similar movie. We were, in fact, we were so close to picking Death of Smoochie. It was like back and forth between this and that one. Well, and the thing yep. that bothered me with Beth, there's another character. I think it's Kathleen. Um, I can't remember her name, but uh, she has a weird fetish for children's well, yeah. characters and books. And, I just... Death of Smoochie, I don't like that movie. Yeah. But again, I like the cinematography. I think I think it's an interesting interesting shots. They are very very similar. I, I 100% agree with you on that. Like I don't know if that's Danny DeVito's style or if it's just how he looks at comedies. I don't know. I haven't seen War of Roses, but uh that's he, another directed, Danny he directed that. That was too. another one I brought up too. He must like doing dark comedies. But I wouldn't I don't think War of the Roses I would count as bad. I'd have to rewatch it though. So the next pick that we have, the next one we have on the list is Heather's. Um, what year is that from? 1988. Uh, Kelly, you want to take the synopsis of this one? Sure. Um, yes. Okay, so in order to get out of the snobby clique that's destroying her good girl reputation, an intelligent teen teams up with a dark sociopath in a plot to kill the cool kids. I'm going to guess this one's your good. It is. You're correct. Can I also say that I'm going to throw Kelly under the bus here? This was one <laughs> that, for the sake of time, I agreed for this movie. And kind of like Throw Mama from the Train, I hadn't seen it in a while. So I told her, sure, Heather's fine. That's cool. Um, and then after I agreed to it, I rewatched it. I hate this movie. This would not, really? this would not have been... Heather? This would I, I didn't intentionally do this to you, Kelly. I, I I want solidarity, you know, I but but Dang it, Charles. I just I don't get this movie at all. So I don't hate it, but I don't really like it. I'm kind of like maybe, a, maybe hate's the wrong word, but I, I just don't understand it. And it's so over the top and ridiculous to me. To be honest, I don't understand why it's so popular. Or why it's why it has such a hype, such a neither big do I. Hype. Let's ask Kelly. Kelly. Oh, you guys, this is horrible. Okay, so I love Heather's. I mean, I it's not like one of my favorite movies of all time or anything, but I think it's a really good dark comedy. Um, I mean, I think Winona Ryder is really good in it. I, I like, I love the opening credits with Casey Rossera playing and they're playing croquet. All the Heathers are playing croquet and they're stepping on the rose bushes and they're smacking the croquet balls at uh, Winona Ryder's head. And you just, I mean, I think it paved the way for Mean Girls, honestly. I mean, people love Mean Girls so much from, from our generation. I mean, that was a really popular movie when I was in high school and... It was sort of edgy at the time, but it would never would have happened without Heather's. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's a smart, smart movie. Um, all the Charles in the Kevin Smith episode, you were talking about how all the characters had kind of witty, sassy, funny lines, and there weren't really any dumb characters. And I feel that way about this movie, with a couple of you know, like the jock characters. Of course, they're not. Yeah, but I feel like all, the, all the, the characters in Kevin Smith movies are lovable too. Like they're just obnoxious in this one. 
Yeah, but they're supposed to be. I mean, you're supposed to hate all the Heathers. I mean, they're supposed to be hypocritical, crazy people. But I don't and... like Winona Ryder's character. Um, and then, you know, JD, uh, played by Christian Slater, I, I don't like his character either. And I, I, you know, the whole time I'm watching, I'm noticing he sounds a lot like Jack Nicholson. And then I read on IMDb <laughs> that he was trying to be Jack Nicholson's character. I don't even, I don't know, trying to be Jack Nicholson. I don't know why. But he had that that he had it dead on. He really did. There is yeah, no he did. there there is no real true protagonist or antagonist to this movie. I think is one thing that bugs me about it. Because I wouldn't even call uh, what's her name Veronica. Yeah, I wouldn't call Veronica the protagonist either. Because you're not because she has blood on her hands and she you know she's not justified for anything she does. Well, and it's like when he tells her, "Oh, the, you know, they're not gonna, they're not those, they won't kill people. These are, these are just gonna pierce their skin, and it's like a tranquilizer." And it's like, really? And then she shoots the, and she's like, "I killed them." I, I just, it's not funny to me. It's like ridiculous, right? I think, <laughs> I think one thing uh, is that it's not that it, it doesn't. It's not that it doesn't hold up because, you know, it is very of its time, but I, there's no way in the world that this could ever get remade. I mean, if you t- if you if you took the script as it is, swapped out some of the 80s dialogue, put in cell phones, it still cannot get remade. Number one, because of the uh, the extreme homophobia in it, yeah. like is is like uncomfortable. You know, it's almost like. It's it, I would equate it to like watching a movie from the '60s and they're using like racial slurs in there, you know. And the other thing is the uh, school violence, you know. We live in a different world after Columbine. I remember what life was like before Columbine and after Columbine, and uh, even the scene where he fakes out, he pulls out his gun and he shoots blanks mm-hmm. at the two jocks. And then they cut and they go, well, they suspended him for a couple of days. He would have been in jail for that now, you know? And that's, yeah. as far as like dark comedy, I actually like those kind of conference scenes with the teachers. I thought they were the funniest parts of the movie. That's true. And yeah. the, the, way the, the way the one teacher says, I was very impressed by the way that she used, or she used the correct use of myriad in her suicide note. That was, yes. Exactly. I, I, those parts <laughs> that were was funny. A good, that was great. And it, to and, me... To me, I think it's a movie made up a lot of of a lot of little moments like that. I think, well, I don't, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say that that you're totally right that there are like little snippets of dialogue in there, like when they go to the convenience store, and Heather stands up outside her car, car and goes, "Hey, corn nuts." Yes, <laughs> and, and, and the- it's a hey, give me. She says something like, "Give me corn nuts," and he kind of like, "What would she ask? What kind do you want?" And she looks at and goes ranch or what did she say what bq or oh bq yeah bq BQ. (laughs) just like it's that that it would be a it's a funny requotable line i could totally be on a road trip with somebody and go hey corn nuts what kind you want bq you know that's you know what it reminds me of it's it's like the scene in dumb and dumber when he's like oh big gulp hey yeah. Well, see you later. See you later. It's very. It has some quotable lines, that's for sure. And and kind of kind of in that same vein, like how Heather Chandler slash Heather Number One's last words as she keels over dead are "Ah, oh, corn nuts." 
Yeah. To me, that's still not laughing. It's, it's just it's a weird. Mo- you guys it's can't we- sell me on the corn nuts dialogue. It's just bad. <laughs> it's but it's, that's why it's funny is because it's so weird and so random. Do you think I really that, like this Do movie. you think that Christian Slater's character JD was named after JD Salinger for Catcher in the Rye? Oh. I think it was supposed to be a play on James Dean, honestly, because his name was Dean, and he was so like, "Oh, I'm so bad." Oh, that's what I that's what I took from it. I mean, it, your way does also work. It was a very Salinger-y role. Um. Well, Charles, I'm sorry that you sold me out like this, but I like this movie. Well, I'm sorry, it was you have bad okay. taste in movies. As far as my, as far as my <laughs> pick. <laughs> As far as my picks, it was uh, the first time around. It was in my top five, but it was not. It wasn't one, two, or three. You know, I would have probably picked Doctor Strange Love. You know, I agree with you on that one. If I had to pick mm-hmm. another one, I would have picked American Psycho. That would have been my top one. The, my, See, my, go ahead. Sorry, I I what I had never actually seen American Psycho, and I watched it because it was one of our contenders. I didn't really like that movie. or I mean, I liked it, but I didn't really... You want some good dialogue? Here you go. I love the scene at the... And they're out to the, you know, at the dinner, and he gets up, and he's like, she's like, but why? Why won't you stay talking to me? He's like, I have to go return some videotapes. And he, like, leaves. I love that line. I use that all the time. That's one of my... You use the corn nuts line when you're on road trips. I use the I have to go return some videotapes line. You also used to use uh, the Huey Lewis. Ah, oh, that's... Oh, yes, yes. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that. I love that. The, the dialogue is so great. That's See, like a okay. speech. I don't understand is the lyrics really mean Su- something. Hey, Paul. <laughs> this is Sue Studio. Personal favorite. <laughs> but even in the narration at the beginning when he's like, uh, there is some idea of Patrick Bateman. He's some, you know, and he's, he's going through this whole routine. And I don't know. I, I just I really do enjoy American Psycho a lot. See, we're completely swapped on this because with this movie, with all those lines that you just mentioned, like, I don't get that. I don't get that humor. I, I didn't think that was that funny. It was just a weird thing to say. He moonwalks so. into the shot with an axe. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and even at the, at the whole scene with their, their swapping cards, like everybody's like one up in each other. And it's so dramatic. Do you realize that famous axe scene, you know, the Huey Lewis, that is the future Batman talking to the future Joker? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. It's one of the best Batmans to the worst Joker. So. <laughs> I guess that's true. So my runner-up was Fargo. I oh, almost, Fargo. I almost, almost, almost we picked mentioned Fargo. That. We talked about that. Is that a dark comedy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of the way that, um, totally blanking on her name, but the the Frances McDormand. Yeah, Frances McDormand. The way she delivers almost every line is so. She's talking about dark things and like, you know, she's looking over the body and she goes, oh, you look like a real nice guy. Just the way she's very, very, you know, she talks yeah. like a like a Minnesota housewife That's about right. these really the dark things. work. <laughs> the, the dealer plates or whatever, DLR. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like Fargo. That's I mean, a good, there's some funny parts pick. in it, but I don't know. Is it a dark comedy? It's a dark comedy. It's definitely a dark comedy. I think it comedy. is. Yeah. I think it is. If it, if it is, then... You know, I, it would be up there for me too. Yeah, but I'm still sticking by Strange Love. It's I think it's the best. American it's one of the Psycho, originals. He's... So let's talk about 1992's Death Becomes Her. Must be the ugly. I'm gonna read the synopsis there uh, if I have to. 
All right, so when a woman learns of an immortality treatment, she sees it as a way to outdo her longtime rival. Can I also say, and I'm going to throw Kelly on the bus on this one as well. Charles, oh my gosh. <laughs> I like this movie. This is not ugly for me. Um, so. <laughs> what the heck is happening right now? I, you know, uh, a couple episodes ago, I did mention how difficult it would be for the people to pick out the movies. I'm just keeping that honest. And it, I, this is not an ugly film. This is a really good movie. Now, is it a great movie? I don't know, but it's the, the, it's a little over the, a little too over the top. And some of the acting is really zany, but the effects and the visuals are really cool. Um, Robert Zemeckis, I think is, a, I, I definitely, he's a great director and this movie once it was nominated for some stuff, right? I know it won visual effects, but it's, you know, it's really cool. Like some the iconic shots of like Goldie Hawn with a big hole through her stomach. That's, it's just amazing. Uh, yes, it was an Oscar winner for best effects, visual effects. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. It, what do you think, I'll Kelly? Say- <laughs> I will echo most of what you just said. I think Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn in this are hilarious. I love both of them in it. I mean, I the part like you were just referencing when she when Meryl Streep blows a hole in Goldie Hawn's stomach with a shotgun, and Bruce Willis is like, "You seem to have something wrong with your uh, blouse," and just little kind of subtle moments like that I think are really really funny. But what makes it ugly to me is Bruce Willis. Well, I like that he's playing a different role. He's kind of a weenie in this one. I mean, he, he is, is a weenie. He's not the big but, action star. And this is after Die Hard. It's still, he was still making Die Hard movies. Well, he's still making Die Hard movies now, but he was making good Die Hard movies then. And, <laughs> That's and a good way to put it. it's, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's a, it goes a really weird, it's put, it's not, they're not playing to type at all in this movie. Like. The, I've never seen Goldie Hawn or Meryl Streep play a role quite like this before or after, and I've never seen Bruce Willis play this role. And I, I, I don't know. I really like. I love the scene when uh, Sidney Pollock as the doctor when he's examining Meryl Streep and he's like, he's getting freaked out that she's dead. He can't hear her heartbeat. He's like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And he pulls her hand like all the way back to where it should snap the bone, and she's like, no, doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt. And he has to like, you know, then they find out he like had a heart attack or something like right after he left. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I really do like this movie. I, I think uh, I, I agree with you about the, it's odd, except Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn kind of fits this character. Meryl Streep, it's, it's not like anything she's ever done. And Bruce Willis, you know, he used to do kind of comedy and off, off the wall comedy. But, but never quite so, what would, what would the right word be? Like, I don't even know, emasculated? Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Uh, you know what? This Let me go ahead and say this, because I think this would have made the movie better. Kevin Klein was supposed to be that role. If Kevin, I think that it would have been, it would have fit Kevin Klein a lot better. Maybe, maybe. I, 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 but again, I do like the fact that it's Bruce Willis, as we've never, we've never seen him really, you know. I don't know. I, I would have enjoyed the movie more. This is going to sound really weird. If there had been more... Um, fighting between Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn when they're just you know like hitting each other with shovels, that the the um, 
the the body humor i guess of that and the special effects i wish that that had gone on longer you know and almost to the point of like oh my gosh how much more are they going to do to each other i wish they had just over the top that instead they take a few blows at each other which that's what i thought this movie was about honestly i mean by looking at the trailer reading it i thought this was about them just like going at each other for 30 minutes or or more it's maybe five minutes of screen time and they hit each other with shovels and then they go i'm so sorry and then they make up and everything's fine and then they go on this whole adventure in the what is it like a house where the what all the all the eternal youth people I wouldn't call it an adventure in a house but yeah i mean it i don't know i don't like I said, there are some weird moments. I think it kind of starts out weird with, you know, Goldie Hawn, obese or whatever. And, I, but I, it's, it's one of those, it's in terms of like cinema and, you know, the iconic images that, that get lodged in your head. This movie has them in spades, right? Like, I mean, you've got, like I said, the hole in the stomach, the shadow on the wall of the hole. You've got, we didn't even talk about it when Meryl Streep, it's like, <laughs> you push me down the stairs. Like, I, those those are iconic cinema moments right yeah i see what you're saying it's just it's like do those moments make the movie good it still doesn't help the entire narrative i don't think so what would a what would you change about this movie what do you think if you could like i said i would have made it more about the fight between them instead of them fighting but i think I think the less There's too is much more, exposition to But I think the less is more approach to those effects is what makes him so impressive to me. Like But you don't get to the effects until about at least how long is this movie? I mean, it's it's a, a good hour in the movie and it's like I don't really want to hear the setup of how they are rivals and going at each other in the bad marriage until I find act 1. It, it's the same problem that I think a lot of these movies that we call ugly or bad Act one is just too long. It takes way too long to get to the point of the movie, which is the eternal youth potion. You know, it takes over an hour to get there. I don't know. I didn't time it. But it's it's almost like the real movie, the real meat of the movie doesn't start until the eternal youth. But that's wait. That's about an hour into it. I I do wish that they, you know, I wish Meryl Streep's character, uh, I think they make her... I, she she's not liked by the audience as much as I think she should have been. Like if I was going to change this movie, have the audience sympathize with her more, especially when she, you know, she she's sad and she's go she finally drives herself to get the formula or whatever and all that. Like I think that would have paid off more if you actually liked her character and you really hated Goldie Hawn's character. But instead, you kind of don't like either one of them. Right. Which kind of lessens the impact of their whole rivalry. Right. Oh. Hi, any, more, any more you got to say on it, Kelly? Uh, no, I mean, I think basically, I mean, I do like this movie. I like it a lot, but it's it's just a little too silly for me to feel like it's, you know, belongs among the other good picks that we've picked throughout this podcast. Um, I mean, like I said, I like their rivalry. The effects are really cool. It's a funny movie. Um, but... I, I, it's more ugly to me. And I honestly couldn't even think of a runner-up for my original ugly pick because dark comedies, you either they either hit the right note or they don't. 
you know? Yeah, that's They either true. go way too dark. I need or to they... rewatch uh, Very Bad Things. In the original, when we did Dark Comedies, I mentioned that as being like one of the good ones. Um, but I've read a lot of mixed things about it. I'd have to rewatch it to make sure. I didn't have time for this particular episode, but I think that one could fall in the ugly range from what it sounds like. Yeah. And, I, and there's also... Um, do you do you count a movie like Freddy Got Fingered, the Tom Green movie? Never seen it. You, that's a. I I wouldn't put that as ugly. That would be a bad one, a very bad one. That's a that's an awful movie if you haven't seen it. Um, but it might be one of those. It's so bad, it's good. So yeah, I don't know. That's just throwing that out there for listeners. But and I don't know if the people that voted if they had ideas in their head of what they wanted to talk about. I hope we brought up some of the movies. You know? Yeah. Man, I feel like we ended this on a downer. What <laughs> happened? You ditched did... me. That's what happened, Charles. Oh, boo. Did Karma. This, didn't this actually happen last time with dark comedies? No. I feel like it did. There's one that... No, we I've never like, ditched anyone in my life. It should have been... There's one of them that I remember where we are like, this should have been a really happy one, <laughs> but it turned out to be... <laughs> I think it was like Mel Brooks movies or something. It was some zany... No, it, was, it was Pixar, right? Was it Pixar? It was Pixar, and oh, we were like was, talking about yeah. these animated films, and all of us were like, "What? What? What? Oh man!" But um, I'm glad we revisited that. Dark comedies, yeah, they're they're um, they're good. They're good stuff. So let's talk about next time. Yes, it's gonna be hey, season me, three officially. Season three, and also let me go ahead and say this because I, I was doing some calculations in my head. We, we've done 40 episodes, two years of movies. Guys, we've watched almost 120 movies in the and past. And some wow. of them were good. And <laughs> some of them were And about a third. And then, you know, you got some of the ones that were a little more difficult. But let me ask this. This is a fun thing for our two-year anniversary. What was, in our two years, what do you think was the hardest, the worst, the bad of the bad movies? Can you say that again so it's clearer? <laughs> what was the hardest movie to watch? What okay. was the worst movie? That's much clearer, but not what I thought you were saying. Um, oh, uh, I don't know. I thought you were asking our listeners. You're asking Santa, us. No, Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus for me was one of the most painful movies to watch. I mean, like it physically, I had to stop watching it after a while because it hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're gonna hate this, Charles, but Love Story. Ugh. Oh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yes. You guys are oh, full of crap. Was, oh, that was a tough one. <laughs> that was a tough one to get through. Uh, that was, yeah, that was Who did one. you say like that? You said someone you knew, like... Thought, oh, my parents. Well, there a, was, a lot of people in our... Well, they were like, a, after the fact, they listened to the episode, generation. and they were like, they agreed with me, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You could expand on that, how someone agreed with me. I'm yeah, just someone did. <laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> Tell me more about that, please. Um, I, I don't know, because they... I had seen Santa Claus so many times before we did that episode, but that is, I consider that the worst movie of all time. Um, I don't know. Some of these movies have been really painful to watch. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at you, Barbara Stanwyck. Um, oh, oh come man. on, come on. No, that's not even true. That's not even true. I actually liked her movies. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that. The the hag horror, the uh, the flesh of feast, <laughs> flesh. flesh feast, yeah, feast of flesh. That one was really painful to sit mm-hmm. through. It was, yeah. 
but that I, might yeah that might be that might get my vote actually i gotta say in the past two years though there have been some surprises for me that i enjoyed immensely that i didn't think i would like um uh double indemnity you didn't wow. think you'd like it i well no I, I i didn't really know about it and then watching it wow i was like this is an incredible what, movie what was the uh the film noir, the, the bad film noir from that one uh, Kiss Me Deadly. That was pretty bad. That was a tough one. Yeah. That was a tough one. Uh, let's see. All About Eve. Yeah, that I, was pretty bad. You're right. That was... No. 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 Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. What are we talking about? I, lo- I really like that one. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to th- throw out some of the the best ones that people... Oh, I thought you were still talking about people, bad ones. if you haven't seen it, you should go see All I About hope, Eve, Double Indemnity. I hope that when people listen... You know they, you know they go back and re-listen or whatever. Uh-huh. That they we've, we've at least introduced them to movies they otherwise would have never heard of. Absolutely. Whether it's classics that they've never seen before, or whether it's film buffs that you know refuse to watch bad movies, but they're like, all right, we'll watch this one. Mm-hmm. So we have this great thing going on at itsjustawesome.com starting October first, called Thirty One Days of Horror. Who would like to talk about 31 Days of Horror? Um, 31 Days of Horror. We're going to, each day in October, we're going we're gonna to have a list of movies um, starting October 1st, through, and it's going to go through the 31st, obviously, ending on Halloween. But we're going to have 31 different movies, um, and they're going to be organized by decades. So there'll be th- at least three movies in each decade, starting with the 1920s. So it's going to be kind of a history of horror, um, because Kelly and I are going to be writing full-length reviews about these movies. And we will also be, for each decade, we'll be putting a little, like, introduction video. Like, a little brief, you know, history lesson about film. Horror films. Awesome. So, it's just awesome, Micah. (laughs) (laughs) Good plug. So, you know, like I said, the goal, um, I think we mentioned it last time. The goal is to kind of, I don't like to use the word educate in this context, but definitely I want people to know about the history of, of cinema and I love horror films. I think there's something very visceral. You know, it's uh, it's like Wes Craven said that it's it's the movie going to the movies and watching a movie in the dark with this flickering light. It's like our version of a campfire and scary ghost stories, and we're sharing this experience with an audience. Oh, that's great! And I I love that. Like I, yeah. it, it is. It's just like that. And then and I love scary films. Anytime a movie can elicit an emotion like that, whether it's crying or laughing. Or scaring you to death when you know this movie was recorded months, years before, and you're terrified, right? I love it. It's it's like I said, it's a very visceral response, um, and so uh, that's why like you know some of the more modern films they're getting pretty scary because of the technology and all that. They've they've been able to figure out ways to kind of fine tune that response. That's why Kelly won't be reviewing many of the modern movies. Um, <laughs> I think her cutoff is the late '90s, maybe the 2000s. Um, Pretty much, yeah. But that's not to say that the earlier films weren't really scary, too. Um, in fact, a few of them I know are going to really surprise Kelly. Um, <laughs> and even some from the 1920s, uh, I think, I, yeah. So I definitely give them a shot. It, you know, I, I know a lot of people do these 31 Days um, movie marathon for October. Um, definitely consider ours because, it, it like I said, it's going to be movies that you would probably never put on your list ever. Um, and you've probably never heard of a great deal of them, but, uh, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And like I said, we'll have on social media, we'll have these kind of short videos introducing each decade. 
And in addition to that, we'll have these, you know, full length reviews on the website. So it should be a lot of fun. In the spirit of um, 31 Days of Horror, yours, since it's going to be coming out around October, yours is going to be probably Halloween related. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Because I did, uh, what did I do, Wes Craven movies last year? And then Kelly did Vampire. We did a lot of Halloween stuff yeah. last year. So I have a pick that is very fall related, but it's not about horror. So you mind if I take my pick and then we'll do yours? Yeah. Do you want me to go announce mine or do you want to wait till next episode? Let's wait till next okay. episode. Okay. Cool. So uh, the pick that I'm going to do is very close to uh, <laughs> very close to home, I guess you could say, because where we live... Texarkana. No. <laughs> Uh, I guess Texas Canada too, but where we live, uh, football is king in the in the months of September, October, and November. So in honor of high school football, we are doing high school football movies. <laughs> nice. I like it. And the picks are from 1986, Wildcats. From 1999, Varsity Blues. Yes. And from 2004, Friday Night Lights. Now, I want to... It's not. The, it's not the show. Okay, everybody. Whenever I say Friday Night Lights, oh yeah, I like the show. No, it was a movie first. Actually, it was a book first, and then it became a movie, and then it became a TV series. So, two thousand four Friday Night Lights. Nice, Micah. I love it. Yeah, uh, this is a great topic. Yeah. I feel like Varsity Blues has been brought up a lot of times in this show. We've done the James Vanderbeek. Uh, I don't want your life. Want your life. Oh. The Texas accent will be brought up. <laughs> and, and, and and to reiterate something that we've mentioned a few times, I like to drive Micah nuts by saying Tex-Arcana um, because he is from there and he has told me several times it is Tex-Arcana, right? Tex-Arcana. 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 But it's, it's you, you, we, we, and I don't know who we besides me pronounces the R heavily and that's just wrong. So Tex-Arcana. Just there to, we go. Yeah. There we go. Tex-Arcana. Tex-Arcana. All right, guys, so thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to check us out. It's just awesome.com, especially the 31 Days of Horror. Um, it's just awesome on Facebook and Good Bad Podcast on Twitter. And hear their series. And we also have a new series uh, over James Bond. I think the second episode was uh, released. Yes, it was. Sec- yes, second episode released. Out. And a third episode will be out soon. It's Kelly's favorite episode so far. The third one? <laughs> the second one. The second one. Let die. It is. Yeah, it is. All right. <laughs> So thanks for listening, guys. And I want to say again, Kelly and Charles, love you too. And I love talking movies with you. Right back at you guys. Wow, that was really sincere. I thought there was going to be a punchline. All right, thanks for listening. Yay for season three, guys. Woo! Have a good one.